There is no roadmap for what is happening in the world today, but the more informed you are, the better your chances are for successfully navigating these uncertain times. This is why the registry continues to bring its real estate news coverage to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We can only do this because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at the registrysf.com in San Francisco and at the registryps.com in Seattle. Michael Harder is the Vice President and General Manager for Mortensen Seattle office. Michael joined Mortensen in 1994 on the Northridge Mall project. He then worked for a brief time in the Seattle office on the Federal Detention Center project before relocating to San Francisco to lead the seismic retrofit of the company's Kaiser Permanente Hospital project. Michael returned to Seattle in 2000 to aid in operational oversight of the office and has since taken over the leadership of that office, including responsibilities such as recruiting, training, and mentorship. We sit down with Michael to talk about the impact the most recent crisis has had on the firm and why Mortensen is building so many soccer stadiums. Welcome, Michael. People come to the San Francisco Bay Area for many reasons, a spectacular natural setting, a sophisticated lifestyle, and unique professional opportunities. Those seeking these qualities will find all that and more at Hacienda where you can work, live, and grow. A Hacienda location means having the best of everything within easy reach, whether it's world-class restaurants, theater, and museums, the best learning institutions in the country, or some of the finest services available. That particularly applies to businesses wanting the best address to have easy access to needed resources, being among other industry leaders and knowing that you are part of a region that leads the world in innovation. The result? An unbeatable combination that leads to success. And that is what you will find at Hacienda. Find out more by visiting Hacienda on the web at www.hacienda.org. Michael, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Thank you. Where do we find you today? Where Where are you in this uh, waning period in August of 2020? Well, I'm actually in my office today. And, uh, you know, despite the COVID shutdown, um, we have so many of our jobs that were considered essential um, that I have been at the office almost every day through, from the very beginning of the COVID outbreak. So I'm again at the office and um, with a limited number of people. Yeah, so <laughs> like like any other day sounds like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. Um well Michael by by uh way of introduction um would would you give us sort of an overview of you know your role in Mortensen, you know who Mortensen is, uh what you guys do, kind of your sphere of influence if you will at the company and then kind of where you know your um personal kind of impact is in terms of you know geography that that you cover. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've been with Mortensen for about a bit longer than 25 years. I've been in the industry for 35 years. Uh, initially in my career, I traveled all over the United States from project to project. But for Mortensen, I've been focused on the West Coast, having lived in Seattle now three times and in California several times. Over that time, I've very much done what Mortensen does, which is work for customer-based 
work doing small to very large projects. I really did focus on healthcare much of my career. And now as general manager for the Seattle group, um, I'm responsible for our commercial construction work here in Washington State, as well as a smaller group where we focus on water resources so, um, and water quality issues in Washington and, and Oregon. Great. And, and Mortenson is a company founded uh, in the 50s, in the last century now, essentially, right? Kind of like a large-scale construction and engineering firm. Yeah, Mortensen has been in business more than 65 years. It's um, on its third generation of family ownership um, based in Minneapolis. It started as a, just a traditional general contractor, and it's really grown into a full-service industry um, leader focused on with geographic operating groups. There's uh, seven full-service um, geographical operating groups across the country and five limited services offices. We also have six industry groups, which are really interesting, um, including a heavy civil group, power delivery, renewable group, and okay. a sports and entertainment group. Great. And how long has the company been on the West Coast? And what are some of its kind of more prominent projects that uh, that it has developed here? Yeah, the um, we the Seattle office was started more than about 37 years ago. And um, in that time, it's worked on a lot of really significant projects. I, um, currently, we're working on the development of the Climate Pledge Arena, which formerly known as Key Arena. Yep. Um, so the development of that and really exciting project that we're working on right now. We've also recently been selected to help Swedish Hospital redevelop their primary campus up on First Hill. In the past, we've done a variety of work, everything from um, the West Point Wastewater Treatment Plant to hospitals in... Um, Everett, uh, University of Washington, Bothell campus. We were involved in the initial construction of that whole campus. We've really helped the University of Washington um, on a number of projects on site, including the Bill and Melinda Gates Computer Science and Engineering Building. Um, and we've done development of and co-ownership of developments of large um, apartment complexes downtown Seattle. So really a very interesting and varied business. Yeah, and and your your business, um, you know, compared to some other construction companies, if I understand this correctly, also does some development too. Is that is that accurate? We have been doing development, and we've had a development arm for a long time. And we don't traditionally just go buy land and then do a development. We really use our development arm to support our customers. Um, a classic example might be that a healthcare provider here locally needs a medical office building in a certain neighborhood or area of the community to provide service to the, that community. And they might come to us and we would go, we might buy the land, develop, design, build the building and turn it over, turnkey to them or carry it and own it and lease it back to them. So that's a kind of example how we use our development arm. It's less about our own needs and really very much focused on our customers' needs and helping them be successful. Right. Yeah. And I only asked this question because I was just recently speaking with somebody in it, and it seems to be a model that's probably not as much employed in the U.S. as it is in maybe other parts of the world. Um, so it just kind of reminded me that you know, in that sense, I guess compared to some other American firms, you know, you you are somewhat unique, right? Um, and that's that's a point of differentiation also i would i would argue 
Yes. So, so Michael, um, as as everybody else in this industry, 2019, I imagine, was very busy for you guys, and kind of you know the years leading up to kind of the end of 2019 were were incredibly busy. You know, paint a picture for us, kind of where you know your organization was, and sort of you know what what then happened. You know, in March when when it all kind of had to you know come to a reaching halt. I think like everybody, we were, as we wrapped up 2019, we were super excited about 2020 in the future. We had record backlog and multiple projects um, in our sites that we were really excited about. And it didn't appear that there was going to be any end, though we, we all know thing, the market cycles. It certainly did change and it changed fast. We've really seen our hospitality and airline customers really get hurt in the in this downturn from the, yeah. the COVID pandemic. It's been really sad, some of those customers, how badly they've been hurt. We've also seen a number of our customers, such as our healthcare customers, really pause their projects as they try and define the future. We're doing really well, though. We have a nice backlog of work um, that's really important work in the community. And we're really focused on helping our customers through that trying time and helping them define what can be done and how, how to buy the project at, at the best advantage in a downturn market. So the other key thing about Mortenson is that we're very diversified. Um, though we do downtown development type work that um, hotels that have been hurt, we also have large um, a large presence with the number one builder um, of wind energy in the country. Yeah. We also have solar energy business that's the second largest in the country. And so we've, as the economy's changed, we've really been able to shift into those markets uh, on a national level. Here locally, um, we've we've focused on the Climate Pledge Arena and our healthcare customers and um, wrapping up some of the other projects that we have. And we're focused more on work um, that is alternative delivery, such as P3 delivery um, for certain clients, as well as progressive design build and design build, where we can bring a different value equation than just building. One of the biggest challenges for the industry, I think, coming towards the end of 2019 was the ability to, you know, hire and find employees. You know, have you also experienced that and kind of how... How has that uh, then uh, exhibited itself throughout this crisis? Yeah, in 2019, we were pretty well balanced with our number of team members and expertise to accomplish the work that we had at that time. But we were really worried about um, the future and being able to continue to hire the type of talent we needed to deliver the increasingly complex projects. Largely, We've been able to um, transfer as as our backlog has um, been worked off and some projects have paused. We've actually been able to um, send some of our team members to work on projects um, outside of the Seattle area so that we haven't had to do layoffs. But um, balancing our people is is our biggest problem in good times and in bad, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So as... um... As everything is unfolding now, there's a there's a lot of you know stories out there about how you know this is impacting the industry on a you know negative basis. I do want to 
touch upon that a little bit, but then switch over to kind of some of the, you know, positives also. But but just in terms of, you know, the impact on the industry, you know, from from your perspective and kind of from, you know, what what you've seen, give us kind of a, an, you know, an overview of, of you know, how how it's, you know, been evolving, right? And what are, what are some of the consequences that, that the, you know, construction and the development industry has uh, has seen? Yeah, I think the greatest impact of COVID-19 is just the creation of uncertainty. It's really causing business to pause. Um, we're seeing most of our customers are waiting for a signal that everything's going to be okay and that they can start up business, I'll say, as normal again. And so some of our customers are waiting and hoping to get a better deal and, and buy a job at a better price. And some of our customers are waiting to see that the revenue stream on the back end will be there. But I think universally, if a customer can pause their their construction or their development, they are going to do that at this point in time. Um, the projects that are underway are largely getting completed, but the ones that are in the planning phase are really paused. Yeah, and and this is happening throughout the industry, right? This is not not just stuff yes. that, that that you're that you're seeing. Um, I've um, you know I have noticed a little bit of a you know thawing uh, in the industry. So if if you know if if you've noticed that also, you know where where have you seen some activity? You know maybe come back. You know, in our local market, we're definitely seeing um, residential construction really start up again and and go forward. Yeah. Um, you know, our, the cost of housing in this in this particular market is so high that those projects still make sense. I think that the entire industry is still bullish on the overall economic health of the Puget Sound region. And I think people are excited still to build those kind of projects. So we're seeing a thawing in that locally. Um, nationally, we're definitely seeing just a boom in wind, wind energy and solar energy and and soccer fields, professional soccer fields. There's uh, a great number of professional soccer fields being built across the country. And it's really exciting to see um, the Sounders who have been around for a number of years. They're going to have a lot more competition in the future, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch as that industry grows. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting you're, you're, you know, to you know, contrast the industry with the soccer field. So that that is that is an interesting evolution for sure. It is. Yeah, we're we're actually building five of them right now. If you can imagine that, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, and and these are in on the west coast or or kind of throughout the country. Um, throughout the country, Rapid City, uh, South Dakota. Okay, uh, you know, just you know, and they're not huge. They're thirty five thousand kind of people sure. kind of facilities, yeah, but yeah. it's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, and it's fun to see the sport grow. Yeah, right? that's right. That is that is that is right. During times of disruption, this is also a time when, you know, companies that endure and that are successful find ways to, you know, also innovate, whether it's new products, new services, new offerings, you know, how how have you guys approached that? You know, how how do you guys, you know, look at, you know, new things and that, that you could do that will, you know, help you be a, uh, you know, busier firm in the next cycle, if you will? As a really successful construction firm over the generations, we've always used the down um, cycle times to invest in innovation and and to try to plan for the future. And so what we've done is we've, we take some of our best and brightest and we have them work on specific challenges. So 
we really think that the construction industry is has a lot of potential for improvement and efficiency. So some of the things that we're doing right now is we're using virtual tools such as augmented reality and virtual reality, which we've done for a number of years, but we're using it a lot more for mock-ups and meetings and trying to communicate how someone's building will be used and how it will feel. And I think that the, the change of for everybody moving to platforms such as Zoom and Teams has really opened up people's eyes to the ability to use some of these virtual yeah. tools rather than full physical tools. So we've really doubled down on that um, in the last in the last year. We've also been very involved in uh, prefabrication and full volumetric um, construction processes. But we have, in the last couple months, we've opened up a prefabrication plant and we're starting to build uh, panelized building components okay. so that we can assemble buildings on site rather than construct them on site. So we're really doubling down on that while we can using the resources that we have available. And is this for multifamily? Is this for office? Is it for anything? Yeah, the prefabrication panels would work most successfully in um, high-rise residential or mid-rise residential type projects, but could be used for a number of different um, construction types. But the more repetitive, the better. Yeah, and and this is your facility, uh, not not in partnership with with some other firm. That's correct. We've built our own assembly, our own manufacturing facility. Great, yes. great. Um, so this is obviously an area of uh, innovation. Do you, do you guys? It sounds like you know by opening that, you're you're definitely putting your you know, you know, money where your mouth is. Um, how much do you think this is going to evolve in the in the next cycle? You know, do you really foresee um, you know development and construction changing rapidly in that in that area? I think that Mortensen. Mortensen believes strongly that the market's going to change. The construction industry and practices are going to change to less about on-site construction and more about on-site fabric um, assembly with fabricated materials and more templated type design and construction. And we're really positioning ourselves to be prepared to do that. We'll see that play out initially in high-rise residential, hospitality, hotel, and some of the more systematic type construction but i think that it will the lessons learned will be applied to other industries yeah. and we'll see more and more prefabrication and construction what are some other things that 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 you know you see some other trends um that you see kind of being advanced i think one of the things that we've seen in just the short time that we've had this covid shutdown is the ability to people of people to work on electronic platforms such as Zoom and Teams. I think a lot of people want to go back to the office and work in the office. I think there's quite a few people that want to work at home too. And and I believe that the change that we've seen and the acceptance of using electronic platforms will allow all of us to work more efficiently with a lot less business travel and time on the road between off between meetings. So I think that that will that change that has really been forced by COVID, I think that that will we'll see that embed in our business going forward. Yeah. Do you anticipate you know cities and other municipalities kind of changing ways in which they do things and maybe utilizing some technological tools to you know do inspections or kind of process <laughs> process orders faster? 
Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up um, about youth municipalities um, and doing inspections differently. At the Climate Pledge Arena, we had some very complicated details to work out for the support of the building of the historic roof. And the designers were multiple states away, and Jay Inslee had asked that we not bring people into the state from out of state to try and prevent the spread of COVID. So we actually used iPads and um, cameras and took video and would do stuff live with FaceTime to go do inspections. And our engineers would walk the inspectors through the right. and the engineers through it. And so it absolutely worked and it worked well. And so we have some projects that we provide oversight to that we run out of the Seattle office here down in Los Angeles. And that team just puts a GoPro on one of their hard hats and does a job walk every week and sends us the video. They upload it uh, to YouTube and we're able to see what's going on and we can have a short meeting for 20 or 30 minutes and talk about what the challenges are and help support them even though it's a remote project without jumping on a plane. So there's tools like that that have been extremely successful that I think will carry forward. As we look at, you know, 2020, you know, the rest of the year and into 2021, yeah. how do you anticipate some of, um, you know, the changes in the industry are going to, to occur? You know, where where is activity in your mind going to, you know, resurface first? And then what should we look forward to in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months or so? I believe there's going to be a change in the administration in in November that we will see the actual change in January, of course. But I think that that change in administration has the opportunity to change a number of things in our industry. I think there will be a focus on clean energy. There will be a focus on climate change. There will be a focus on our infrastructure and our health care. Yeah. I think all of those changes with a new administration will drive a lot of opportunities for our industry. Yeah, that could really be a boon for, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that you were talking about, you're doing wind and solar. And I mean, those are essentially where the green jobs would be coming from, right? So um, do, do you see most of that activity potentially happening on the West Coast? You know, where, where would where would the um, those uh, areas then be concentrated potentially? I know that most people think that clean energy is really focused on the West Coast. And there is a large amount of work we're really focused on. Um, clean energy solutions down in California, along with uh, large battery storage systems so that the solar industry um, can be more competitive by providing the power uh, 24 hours a day. But we're also seeing a huge amount of um, investment in wind in Texas yep. on up through the wind corridors into the Dakotas. And we're working on very large solar programs down in Georgia and Arkansas and places like that. So I think that that industry, it, that segment of our industry is really ready to take off. And the infrastructure of building those is is kind of developed in the country now yep. and could deliver a lot of projects in a short amount of time. Yeah. And then what about for Washington State and Oregon and California, where, where you've had some influence? Um, wh what areas do you think will be, um, you know, moving forward there? With climate change, I think also comes water quality discussions and and saving salmon and saving the orca. And I think that regulation will drive a lot of projects in the water and wastewater treatment businesses so that um, the outflow to the rivers and to the sound is improved. So I think we'll see projects in that part of the industry, though I 
that's a slower industry to react. And I think those projects would be three to five years out. Yeah. If you could, uh, you know, fast forward to, you know, 2022 and beyond, Michael, um, what what gives you hope for, you know, the next cycle and the future of what your company is doing and construction in general? Well, looking forward two to five years um, and, a, and a renewed cycle, I believe the most exciting thing is how well diversified we are, whether it's sports facilities or healthcare or data centers. Um, we're really well positioned for a number of those industries. But overall, I think that the Puget Sound market is well positioned with um, very um, intellectual capital type industries that will continue to drive our, our industry or the industry and our communities. And the urban densification that comes with the increased population will continue to drive opportunities for all of us, whether it's in housing, healthcare, or entertainment. Great. Uh, Michael, thank you. Stay safe and be well. Thank you. It was enjoyable talking to you. 